How many of you, if you, um, if you could have more time, would, would take it? Anybody? Yeah, most of us would, right? You know, like, man, if I could just have more time in my day, like, more, uh, how many of you would go for more time for yourselves? Anybody? Yeah, that's a biggie, right? More time for yourself. How about more f- time uh, for the people you love? Now, if you're with someone, you're kind of obligated to raise your hand, all right? <laughs> you're obligated. Um, how about, uh, how many of you guys would love to have more time uh, engaging with God, you know? We, we all would love to um, know him more, spend more time with him. Um, but in reality, uh, most of us would love to have the more time to invest in these uh, things, these people, these, these, these important places. But the truth is, you know, if you had more time, you know, like if God were instant, like, bam, you have a 25-hour day. Um, it's very unlikely that most of us will spend uh, all that time doing these important things. You know, Be, uh, re- the reality is this. Our culture uh, has a way of over- overwhelming whatever space we have. That's a little bit depressing, isn't it? But, but it is true. A lot of times our culture overwhelms the space that we do have. In fact, you can look at this. Um, the last time you had a day off um, unexpectedly, chances are you didn't spend eight glorious hours in the presence of God, Right? Chances are you didn't spend all eight of the hours investing in yourself or investing in, in the people uh, that you love the most. Chances are pretty good that you ran errands. You did a few things around the house. You, you checked your email. Maybe you had to go shopping. Uh, maybe you were real lucky and got to go to, to the DMV. But chances are uh, there are many things that felt urgent to you that, um, that overwhelmed what you think is is truly important and that's just kind of the way life is so I'm not trying to hate on that but here we are we're stuck with a 24-hour day and you know uh, your life looks different from my life my life looked different from your life Uh, all of us no no two of us have the same story or the same life flow maybe if you're retired yours may be a little bit different maybe it not uh, maybe it isn't but one of the things I hear a lot of people say when uh, you you see someone that you know out in public and you the question, how are you doing? You know, and one of the stock responses, not the only but one of the stock responses is, oh man, busy. Busy. Does anyone else do that? I catch myself doing I hate myself for saying that, by the way. But like, how you doing, buddy? Oh, busy. Things are crazy. Uh, kids, ah, you know, and like, um, and, and it's as if we wear busy as a badge of honor sometimes. And whether we do or not, you know, uh, our lives are often busy or maybe overcrowded. And what we long for, and I think what we truly need, is we need some rest. Like collectively, individually, we need some rest. We need some space. We need margin in our life. And so as I mentioned earlier, we're kicking off the series today. Uh, uh, strategically at the beginning of the year, where we're open to making uh, more changes and adaptions into our life, into our schedule. That, uh, the idea of margin is creating space. It's creating space for the things that matter uh, the most. I'm adapting some of this content um, from a book called God Space um, by Carrie Wyatt Kent. And it's about space. You know, when you think of margin, uh, I think of paper or I think of typing in a document on my computer. You set the margins. What is the margin? The margin is that, that space on the, on the edges. It's, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's the absence of anything. It, it is, it's the white space. It's blank. Uh, there's nothing there. But it's actually interesting that as we read and as we write, we actually need margin 
to be able to process that. Can you imagine if, if, if the words were jumbled all the way from complete edge to complete edge and there was no space between the lines? We, our minds would, would, would have a hard time processing what's being read or what we were writing. And so over, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how that principle is true in our life and how we need space in our life. So today, we're going to look specifically at, uh, at space in our calendar. So yeah, we're talking about time. Um, there's this quote from the book I just re- referenced, Carrie Wyatt Kent. Uh, she writes, deep communion with God won't happen by squeezing God into a life full to bursting with busyness. A life full of obligation and stress that has no margin, no time, won't accommodate God's space. And don't we all want a life that, that has deep communion with God? One in which we're growing spiritually, one in which we're, we're growing in our love for God, our love for, for other people and being used by Him. But oftentimes we're busy, we're crowded, and we don't really give God the space to work. But here's the thing, God has a plan. Like in his knowledge, his foreknowledge, he knew. After all, he created us. He knew, uh, he, he knows us. And, but he also knows what we need the most. And he knows our best way forward. Sometimes we think we know our best way forward. But God knows our best way forward. And so he has an answer to our overcrowdedness. And that answer is Sabbath. Sabbath. Now, God's plan for margin in our life is Sabbath. Now, the word Sabbath, the root word, actually means literally to cease, to desist. So it's like, stop it. Cut it out. And, and it was uh, specifically, it was a day of rest. So when God was setting up the Israelite community, uh, and as we see in the Old Testament, one of the initial frameworks, one of the initial law codes that God gave his people as he was setting up their community was what we know as the Ten Commandments today. Now, this was like the 10 law codes. Most of them were prohibitions, but there are 10 law codes that reveal a lot about God's heart, a lot about God's plan and his intention for, for you and me. And, um, but also, it, but it helps outline how we live in relation to God and how we live in relation to those around us. I mean, you're, you're probably familiar whether or not you've been in church or your whole life or not with some of the 10 commandments. But um, the fourth commandment, okay, it, it goes like this. In Exodus chapter 20, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So for the Israelites, the Sabbath, it, wasn't a, it was a non-negotiable. It wasn't something they can pick and choose. Like This was part of God's top ten list. This was, bam, this is the law of God who gave them, and this was right up there with like, do not murder. This is how, how important this was uh, to God uh, for his people, the Sabbath. In fact, you see, in, uh, we, we actually see that breaking the Sabbath regulations could, could have been punishable by death. Sounds extreme to us, but this is how important it was to God and the community that he was setting up. God's plan, God's framework uh, for his people included Sabbath, included rest, it included space, it included margin. So God's, God's saying, look, get your work done in six, and on the seventh, cut it out. But we see this principle, though, that God was just making laws and rules just because, that, that there's a plan, there's an intention behind it. And we see that Sabbath was God's plan for people to experience him and 
his blessings. Now, that is something we resonate with, right? How many of you guys, if I, if I could say, would you like to experience God more? Most of us would probably raise our hands. Uh, how many, if I were sitting down with you and say, would you like to experience more of God's blessings? Most of us would be like, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I would love to experience more of God, and I would love to experience his blessing. But Sabbath is God's plan for his people to experience him and experience his blessings. So for the Jews, all right, for the Israelites, the Sabbath was uh, physically was on a Saturday. It was actually sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, so it was for a full day. And um, on that day, they did things like they, they worshiped. You know, that, that was their t- day of worship. Uh, they, they, it was when they prayed. I mean, you pray every day, but that was a time where they set time, of, time uh, apart to pray. It was, it was a time where they rested. Doesn't that sound good? Sabbath, cease, stop. It was a time where they stopped all their normal work and they rested. It's a time where they, they spent with their family. And it's a time where they, where they engage with their neighbors, the people that are around them. Today's culture, we're too busy to even know our neighbors in most contexts. But, but it was a time where they could engage with their neighbors. It was a time where, they, uh, where uh, married folks would have sex, you know. Yeah, maybe you've ever come across the excuse of too busy, too tired. Well, Sabbath is the answer. Boom. Not that I've ever come across that excuse. But, um, um, but Sabbath, uh, Carrie White can't. She says, a Sabbath is a day. When I'm never too busy to do what I'm doing. Man, doesn't that sound like a peaceful way to live? Where we can have a time set apart where we don't have to feel guilty about what we're doing. That we're not too busy. We're not playing with our kids knowing that we, we need to be going to do something else. Not, not going to this place knowing that I need to rush to another place. Sabbath is a day when I'm never too busy to do what I'm doing right now. And then God tells them, keep it holy. Keep this day, the Sabbath, this holy. What does that even mean? And, and so the, the word holy, it means sacred. That means it's got God's plan, God's intention set into it. It means it's set apart. So when you talk about something being holy, it means it's sacred. It's set apart. It means it's special. Like God saying, hey, you got six? Those are normal, okay? You got one? That one's different. That's what God's saying. Keep it holy. And the Sabbath of the day is kept holy when we dedicate that to the Lord, when we keep him the forefront, when we keep him the focus of it. And so in the Ten Commandments, it's, uh, you're familiar with them to some extent probably, but uh, the Sabbath one is actually the longest of all the commands. It's actually the longest. There's some some more to it. I want to read uh, the rest of it. It says, on this day, the Sabbath, don't do any work, okay? So anything you will qualify as work, you know, cut it out. Don't do it. Um, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. There's that word again. So who did it apply to? Well, it applied to everyone. He, I mean, he covers it. Your children, your, uh, your, your male, female, your servants even. Like, that's how important this was to God, that, that the community, even the animals, the, the, the working animals, like, they had a day off from, from work. It applied to everyone. Why? Because we see it's embedded in the very heart of God from the beginning. Then he appeals back to the creation account, and we see that's the very pattern that God used when he created the world. He worked for six days, and on the seventh, he rested. 
Now, why would God rest? Did God need rest? The answer is no. Like, God didn't need rest. Like, God wasn't tired. He wasn't sleepy. But God was showing us the rhythm that he knew was best for us. And he is showing us what we needed the most. So, how does this all apply to us, you know, as Christians? You know, we're, we're, we often talk about how um, the Christians, we're under the... the um, the, the new covenant period, that's after Jesus, the finished work of Jesus. We're, that's how we relate to God is through Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He sacrificed himself. His blood covers our sins. That's why we no longer offer sacrifices like they did because we had the perfect sacrifice. Jesus, there's no more need for any other. That's why we celebrate communion every week. We're celebrating. We're basking in that sacrifice. And then, uh, uh, but... Before that, before Jesus, God had get, in the Old Testament, God had given them extensive law. The Ten Commandments, just being a small portion of that, uh, gave them so much more laws and codes and do's and don'ts. And that was how the people related to God, was through uh, the following, through obeying and through doing uh, those things. So we, don't, we no longer relate to God through law. We now relate to God through grace overflowing from his love but the principle still stands the principle still stands that even though Jesus came and fulfilled the law God's heart and God's intention still stands for us today as we see that God uh, 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 reference back to the creation like work hard but then I want you to rest work hard rest you have six normal days then you have a day that's not normal and I want you to take that and I want you to breathe deep I want you to breathe in uh, uh, who I am and experience me and life and enjoy life and be rested and so most people are are more than willing in our culture and, and even in most churches to completely ignore the Sabbath and, and the principle that's set forth there and uh, if you're reading through the Ten Commandments, one thing that you might overlook real quick, I, I want to catch this, is, um, is how the Ten Commandments starts out. Like before it goes into the actual commandments, the phrase right before that, uh, see, the Hebrew people had been in slavery to Egypt for 400 years. I mean, that's generations, you know? Like some people, that's all they knew. Their, their parents, their grandparents, and great, that's, that's what they would have known was slavery in Egypt. But then God frees them. So as the Ten Commandments starts out, it starts out like this. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So before God tells them anything what to do, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, he reminds them of what he's already done. And he's like, look, you've lived this life of slavery. You spent your, your lives building, making bricks for the Egyptians, Hard, manual labor in the sun. You had no rest at your own accord. You had no days off ever. You didn't know what that was. You were constantly uh, working for Pharaoh's building projects and providing more stuff and more food. And it was grueling. There was no rest. They knew that. They were in a culture that said that there was never enough. Now, we're far from ancient Egypt, but it may sound familiar to us, huh? Most of us have enough food. Most of us have enough shelter. Most of us have enough provision. Most of us have enough stuff. But we constantly find ourselves wanting more. We constantly find ourselves wanting more. And, and, and that's why Sabbath, 
And that's why Sabbath kind of goes directly against this, this idea of more, more, more. It's why Sabbath is so countercultural in our culture and our context. But we see something else pretty important through Sabbath. We're reminded that God supplies all our needs and we don't. Man, that's something that we may not like to hear. But people who trust in God, man, that comes with our stuff too. That comes with our provision. I mean, that comes with our, our, uh, how we're provided for. And so we were reminded through Sabbath that God supplies all our needs and we don't. So I want you to take a little test real quick. You're not going to share this with anybody right now, but you can share it with someone you're with. Um, how would you rate the margin in your life? How would you, how would you rate that space? Do you have space or are you always, how you doing, buddy? Busy, man, crazy. Things so crazy. How would, you, how would you rate the space in your life? Where you feel like you're grinding it out in the rat race. And, but, 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 you know, we already have a long list of, of, of excuses, right? We already have a long list of reasons why, A, we, we don't have time for margin and why you don't even need it. And maybe you would think something like this. I don't have time. I already need 25 hours in a day. I already need eight days in a week. How can I take a day? How, how can I not do any work? How can I actually have real rest? I have 40 hours of work plus some. and uh, Laundry piles up, dishes, gra uh, the grasses, grass grows, stuff around the house breaks, and kids be crazy. And like, I don't have, I don't have the time, you know? And, and that's the picture of a lot of our lives, you know? But the truth is, we don't have the time. That's the truth. The truth is you probably don't have the time the way your life looks right now. And this is exactly why we need margin in our life. It's not space that magically appears. We need space in our life to assure that we can focus on the things that matter most. Is it countercultural? Yes. But Sabbath is God's call to create margin, that space in our life, on purpose. And so I want to challenge you guys today that as, you're, as we're heading into this new year and we're all open, more open to make changes and, and, and trying to uh, evaluate uh, some things a little bit better, that as we're looking at this, that we can be people who create margin in our life on purpose because it's not going to magically happen. Because culture around us, life around us has a way of eating up all of our space. It kind of has a way of eating all that up. But we need to be uh, uh, countercultural in that and create margin in our life. So I want to challenge you. Pick a day. Start this week where you have margin. Okay? Maybe you need to lay out some ground rules, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. Uh, um, you know, again, we're under grace. We're not under the law. <laughs> and... and um, you're not going to get stoned to death if, if you break it. But pick a day, create some margin. Maybe for you it's Sunday. Honestly, for me, Sunday's not the best day. But um, maybe for you, Saturday. Or, or maybe you can pick a couple evenings where you say, you know what, this is off limits. This is our time. And then we need to practice the art of saying no. You want to practice that real quick? No. Well done. Well done. 
All right, I guess y'all don't want to practice that. But, <laughs> but listen, it's going to take practice. It's going to take discussions. It's going to take preparation. It's going to take preparation. It's going to take some prayer. But it's going to take a whole lot of saying no. If, your life, if you feel your life is overcrowded, busy, and you don't have that time to experience who God is, you don't have that time to love uh, the people around you the way you want to love them, then we, maybe we need to learn to say no. See, we can say no to good things so we can say yes to those things that are better. Okay? And maybe that's you. Maybe it's not, but, but the art of no can be tricky. And, and, you know, like every invitation that you've been given doesn't have to be attended, you know? Like every answer doesn't have to be a yes. And, I mean, we live in a culture where you can literally fill every second with something. You know, you can go to events, and if you got kids, and that's amplified even more, right? Because there's a million and one different things that they can be involved in. And so when we build our lives and we prioritize our lives the way God wants us to, then that includes, that involves space because God made us that way. Now, I'll be honest, um... I need this, okay? Like, I'm here speaking uh, from the scriptures, not because I've nailed this one, okay? I, I, I need space in my life, and uh, our family could use it, but, but we have tried um, a few things. And one of the things that we've done pretty good at is, is not a whole day at this point, uh, but um, Fridays, when, when the kids get off school, we get home from work, like, ask us to do something. Go ahead, ask me to do something. No, nah, man, I can't, dude. I'm sorry. So, but like, so, so it's a no. So most nine time, 9.5 times out of 10, or uh, it's going to be a, a no because that is our time where we, where we don't do anything. It's our family time. It's time for us to laugh, play, eat dinner, watch movie, whatever it is we're going to do. And we're not going to uh, have an appointment. We're not going to have engagement. We're not going to pack up the kids. We're not going to have to do anything because that's one of our nights. And, um, and so, again, not a full day, but... We need it. We need it. You know, my, my kids need it. My kids need us. My kids look forward to it. It's a time where we're not going to be somewhere else. It's a time um, our, where our soul needs it. It's a time where um, I think those around us need it. And, and I'll be honest, one of my goals for this year, I, I work with some friends and we come up with some, I come up with, a, we all come up with our own goals for, for the year. And that's one of my goals is, is to create a little bit more space uh, in my life so I can say yes to the best things. And I'm looking forward to how that's going to play out. Um, so maybe today for you, you can be intentional. If you're married or uh, you can talk to your spouse, um, but pick a day. Maybe that's Saturday. Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe, uh, it, uh, maybe it's a, you got to start with that part of a day, okay? Maybe it's during the week. You know, I don't know. Uh, pick a day. <clears throat> now here's, <clears throat> excuse me, here's the clincher, okay? You ready for this? Man, you're going to be so resistant to this. Don't do anything that you'll qualify as work during that time. Okay? And I'm not talking about just your job. Dishes is work. Even though laundry, you just set it and it does its own thing, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Don't schedule anything else. Don't... Uh, I'll be honest, a lot of things that we probably need rest from during this time, for me, I know it's like, it's social media. And, and you find yourself, oh, I was just going to check something. You find yourself, like, 
10 minutes later, you're like, oh, you're still checking it. Um, but maybe you, you put a time. Don't, don't check your email during that time. Do something you enjoy. Okay? Do something you enjoy. Do some, do, enjoy time with your family. Don't rush. Spend time in prayer and in the scriptures. Remember the Lord says, keep it holy, set apart, dedicated for his purposes. It was a time when the family would come together where they would uh, have an enhanced time to engage with our creator. Um, I don't know what you guys have planned for lunch, but um, it's an open invite. If anybody wants to join me today, Chick-fil-A? Anybody? Is that messed up? You join? Okay. Come on, just go. Just. So, you'll pay? Okay, I was going to pay. I was going to pay for everybody. Um, but, but, you know, we, everybody loves Chick-fil-A, right? For, I mean, and it's obviously a couple things are true about Chick-fil-A. One, they have uh, an amazing chicken sandwich. It's delicious. Um, if you put cheese on it, I judge you a little bit. Any, any people put cheese on that thing? I would expect more from you, Cora. But, but, so, so, yep. All right, I can't do it, you know, but you, you, you taint the, the purity and the beauty of the Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's just, that's just me. That's me. But anyways, you know, so Chick-fil-A, they're a good sandwich, but, man, they do some good business. Right, Spencer? Three years worth of Chick-fil-A? Yep. Um, but, but Truett Cathy, their founder, he, he writes this. He says, why are we closed on Sundays? And he, said, he made the decision to close on Sundays in 1946 when he opened his first restaurant in Georgia. He, he had often shared that his decision was as much practical as it was spiritual. He believed that all franchise Chick-fil-A operators and their restaurant employees should have an opportunity to rest, to spend time with family and friends and worship if they choose to do so. That's why Chick-fil-A restaurants are closed on Sundays. It's part of our recipe for success. You know? Remember what I read earlier from Carrie White Kent? Deep communion with God won't happen by squeezing God into life, into a life full to bursting with busyness. A life full of obligations and stress that has no margin, no time, won't accommodate God's space. So church, may you start something today. You know, let God shake your schedule up where you can, maybe, maybe you need to practice the art of saying no. Maybe you need to practice the art of, of getting away or, or, or spend, leading your family in, in prayer and scriptures or, or putting the phone down or on silent. Maybe you need to do that. And we see it because Sabbath was God's plan uh, for people to experience him and his blessings. And we see that through Sabbath, we are reminded that God supplies all our needs, not the work of our own hands. So, I don't know how many times you go to church and you're, you're challenged to not do anything. But that's kind of what this is. So go and stop. Stop.